All right. Good morning and Baruch We will be concluding the Shara Bitochen. Today, Chanukah Tavshin Pei Gimel. Unlike as we did in most other classes, I would uh, today we, we will be reading a lot more from the inside. We're going to be going through the seventh chapter. Whoever is using the English Shara Bitochen from Kahas, we're going to page 238. And this is a phenomenal, not only recap, but it's a, it's a path that Rabbeinu Bachai is giving for all of us, which will empower us even more to live in the world of Bitachin, which is the world that all of us want to live in. When you are in location A and you want to get to location B, I know that the main emphasis is in the positive. How do you take the step-by-step to get there? That's going to be the main focus of the chapter, but correctly so, and it's important for us also to appreciate the opening part of chapter 7, specifically Hasidim that are educated to focus more on the positive, on the va'asei toiv, and less on don't do bad. That's the correct approach. But the don't do bad cannot be cut out, God forbid. So he's going to start by telling us that there are certain mindsets that will interfere with us being able to have proper bitachin. So he's going to quickly go through what mindsets takes us away from bitachin. And then even when we took, we take away from our minds that which can hinder our bitachin, we're going to go through 10 steps, which is a real step-by-step path of all of all of us, even people like us, we have a way of getting higher and greater and deeper levels of bitachin. So first of all, page 238. He's going to quickly speak about that which will ruin or that which will impede that which will difficult our bitachin in God. And he says like this, Vo'aymer, meaning I, I the author, Rabbeinu Bachaya says, Ki mafsidei shloishes hashorim hakoidmen basefar hazeh, kula mafsidem habitachin. Not spending time learning the first three gates, we are learning the fourth gate of Shara Bitachin. The first gate of Shara Bitachin is called the gate of unity. We are lucky, we meaning Chabad Hasidim, Chabad Hasidis almost entirely speaks about, teaches us, helps us deeply understand the meaning of Hashem Echad. If a person doesn't appreciate the unity of God, then they won't be able to have proper Bitachim. I'm not going to spend time speaking about that, but this is obvious, we're not going to learn the first Series. We're just barely finishing the fourth Shara Bitachin. But if you don't, if you don't believe in God, let me word it that way. And I know the word God is a word that means many different things to many different people. But if one does not properly believe in the Emes, and there is only really one God, meaning not only aren't there two gods, but that the world and the God are one, then you cannot have Bitachin. Number two. The second gate, the second series of Rabbeinu Bachaya, 
is called either the gate of examination, some people call it the gate of reflection, after a person really appreciates better Yichud Hashem, we have to spend time and effort seeing God in the world. What we would call Hashgacha Pratis. People can really believe in God, but if they don't constantly see the hand of God in this world, God won't be real to them the way this uh, can of water is real to me. Hashem has to be made real first. In other words, I'm relying in God. Is God real? Even after God is real, relying in God is also an avoid. But first we have to make God real. We have to see the way God is acting in the world. The third gate speaks about, it's called the gate of avoid. People have to come to an understanding even before Bitachen that we are here to be in service of God. When a person comes to that understanding in a positive, real, healthy way, everything changes. Because there is something that's driving all of us. And even though most people are, or they think that they have many different drives, but I'm good on balancing my life. I have this drive and I have that drive and I have this responsibility and that responsibility. Then there's the me time. That's it. it's not true. There is really one underlying drive. And I have to become in tune with it. And my drive, this is a drive that's universal. We really deeply somewhere know that we are here to be in service of God. Now, obviously, how does that express itself? So there is service to God between me and God, direct. right? Me eating kosher, that's direct to God. There is me being better to you, which is also in service of God. God created me here to be in service of my fellow. The underlying is also in service of God. There is a person being available for one's family. That's also in service of God. I'm not minimizing the family or the other. That's the third gate. In other words, if a person won't deeply engrave in oneself, Pashat, what is God? Number two, God is here. God is really here. Mamish. And number three, for me to become better aware how I am in service of God and the emesis, that's my driving force. When we look at the chocolate, let's say, and you really want the chocolate, what's really, really going on is, is you want God. You're just mistaking God for chocolate. Can you explain that? I understand. You're saying the five okay, first, There's something called the Ratzin, willpower. Right. Why do people get out of bed? Why do you have to go about your day? Why do you have responsibilities? Why do you have a more easy life? Here, just, just get rid of your responsibilities. Who's stopping you? Well, I think Hashem made a certain order, right? Okay, I'm, not, I'm not asking the question for you to respond. All I'm trying to say is, is that he wrote, this is the fourth, this book is the fourth gate. He wrote it the fourth, not because Bitochen is not important. He's writing over here that if you don't have the first three gates, we'll get stuck in having the ideal bitachin. I'm not that God forbid we won't be able to have any bitachin. But he just he begins the final recap by saying that the better you get the first three gates, the better you will be able to have bitachin. I'm just giving a quick kitzot. What are the three gates? God. We are trusting God. What is God? This is a very important question to ask. This is the whole Chabad Chassidus is here to answer that question. What is God? Could be positivity. I'm not asking you to answer. All I'm saying is, is that part of our religious observance mm-hmm. from a Yid, what does God want from me? Yiddishkeit could be broken down into learning and doing. 
Let's go to learning. People say, ah, the mitzvah is to learn Torah. Absolutely. The opening of Torah is to learn about God. When the Rambam codified all of the mitzvahs, the opening four chapters is about God. We're just very lucky. We are living at a time that there are many printed books that speak about God. All of Chabad Hasidus, all of it is explaining God better. The more we understand God, the better we will be as far as Bitachin is concerned. Number two, the more we see how God is active, inv- actively involved in the world, the easier we will have, the easier time we will have having Bitachin. And number three, the more a person becomes aware that there is a healthy, positive inner drive that's motivating all of us. And that ultimate, the deepest drive that a human being has, not the way Lahabdul Freud said that we are running away from death. People, were, the Chachamim of the world were trying to figure out what's the underlying motivator. The underlying motivator is, is that we really want to be in service of God. It's easy to say the words, now we have to get there. So he wrote a whole book helping us get there. Once a person got there, now, now let's speak about Bitachim, or he writes it in the negative. If we are lacking in our knowledge of God, if we are lacking in our understanding of how God, how much God is present, Number three, if we are lacking, if we are lacking in this awareness that we really want to serve Hashem, not that we are being told from the outside. No, 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 we are born that way. Really, the real, the real motivating force for everything is that we want to be in service of Hashem. If we don't have that clear, we're going to get stuck with bitachin. Just to be aware of it. Stuck with bitachin doesn't mean we want to have bitachin. It means there are many levels in bitachin. You know, when a kid is learning calculus and you get stuck, mistama, we are smart. Everyone is created smart by God. A couple of steps back, some step of math you didn't get. Let me give a, a real Torah uh, muscle. If someone is having a hard time understanding Gemara, just know it could be you didn't learn how to read properly. It's amazing how things work. When you when you miss an earlier step, even though externally you say, so I don't know how to read. That's the way it works. There's a seder of what you have to learn first, what you have to learn second, and if you skip a step, you will get stuck later on. Not learning properly the first gates will impede, he's writing that, us having bitachin. Yes, someone wanted to ask something. Uh, you used the word universal. Mm-hmm. Is it to mankind? Are we talking about... Mankind. Are you talking about only Jews or the Everyone, world? everyone. Universal. 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 God created the world for a purpose. Which means everyone was created to be in his purpose, for his purpose. So you can't really get the benefit of this book unless you learn you can't three fully. previous books. Now, you know what's beautiful? I want to say, make a comment. If it would be like that black and white, he should have written it in the beginning. He dafka didn't. Because when you're going to tell a Jew, learn about bitachin, look at the world today. Everyone is learning Shara bitachin. Everybody, when you tell a Jew, did you learn the same authors pre-chapter, pre-sha'ar, pre-gate, that he writes, that you have to learn, hardly anyone learned it. They don't even know what it's talking about. Also, they be said to learn. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know that. The point is, is that this is not a black and white. When a person is up to chapter seven, what happens every time people learn Shara Bitochen, we become more aware that there are many levels of Bitochen. We can say we all have Bitochen, Emes, and we can say none of us have Vitochen. 
We have bitachin until this level, but we don't have it over there. And we all want to have more bitachin. How wonderful would life be? Right? Bitachin, he writes in the Pedic Rishon, bitachin is a feeling of calm. Who doesn't want to be calm? If a person doesn't want calm, they should go see a psychiatrist. Everyone wants bitachin. So what's stopping us? So he's telling you right now at the end, if you want to have deeper bitachin, go learn the first three shadim. It's not a commercial. He's not trying to the sell his pre book. It's not that. It's an emis. Yeah. The first three. The first gate. It, the, all the, no, no, no. Mrs. Schwishman, all of the three gates. The first gate is the gate of God's unity. The second gate is called the gate of examination. He spends a whole gate right. helping us focus and seeing God. What we would call Ashkacha Pratis. So how do we start this first? Because, pe- because people learn every gate. Mm-hmm. Every gate is a gate for itself. So in general, people don't start with gate number one. Yeah, I, not only they don't begin, they don't end with it. Oh, Most people, okay. they end Shara B'Tach and they move on to something else. But it's good somewhere to write, and he's not writing this in the beginning, because I think if he were write this in the beginning, it would discourage people from learning Shara B'Tach. And there is value learning just this. He's not, God forbid, saying that there's no value. That's, he writes it at the end. He's just saying that now that you came to the end, and you're wondering, how do I get better B'Tach? Well... Go learn the first three shahar. Are you going to teach us to us, Rabbi? I don't know. Let's discuss what we're learning next later. The last three games. Um, I, I don't, in his book, I, no, 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 there's more. No, there's more. Shahar Bitochen is the fourth. I don't know. You see, I don't know. Could be. Could be. You could Google it. How many gates do you have from, from the Chavis uh, Alavos? Or I have in my I have in my house. I have the original book in Hebrew. Okay. And then other, aside of the first three, we're on page 238. Okay. Okay, we're going to go to number two. I'm going to go to number two. We already mentioned number one by heart. Number two, another impediment is a person's ignorance regarding the commandments of God. In other words, let me word it the way I understand what he's saying. Every person who knows, once they become aware that Hashem is asking of me to do Aleph, to do Beis, to do Gimel, I'll do it. Going with that premise. Most people's laxity and the keeping of the mitzvahs is because they're not they're not that aware that God gave it or they don't know. Many people are ignorant. And even if they learned it, okay, God didn't mean every single detail. There's a certain, he's just wording it very positively. It's a foolishness of that approach. The more a person observes the mitzvahs, the more bitachan a person is able to have. The less a person observes the mitzvahs, the more impediment one will have in bitachin. If I want to trust you, let me word it in the English words, if I want to trust you, if I want to get there, I have to make sure that you are able to trust me. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. The more you are able to trust me, the more I'll be able to trust you. When we're speaking about God trusting us, what does that mean? Simple. It means me keeping the mitzvahs. And it's trust. God has to have trust. We say this every morning, because God gave me free will. The only thing that God really gave up to me is my choice of keeping the mitzvahs or not. God really, really wants me to keep it. And he gave me the freedom not to keep it. And God is trusting in me. Now, when it comes to trust, every human being is going to know this. And if you don't know it yet, you're going to know it one day. That's the way of the world until Mashiach. Sometimes people are going to break your heart. They're going to break your trust. In other words, God trusts in me. 
God gave me my neshama back this morning. Why? Because he's trusting that I'm going to do today, I'm going to give him what I should. And if I don't, I broke the trust. Now, it's God's greatness that he'll still trust me tomorrow. And God can trust a person the whole 120 years. That's because God is infinite. So he has infinite trust. But there's a break of the trust. There's a violation of the trust. So if I want to be able to really trust better in God, another, if I am breaking God's trust in me, it's going to get in the way. Because somewhere I'm going to think correctly, God cannot even trust me. God shouldn't trust me. I'm not trustworthy. How can I trust God? The more I can make God trust me, so to say, the more I can earn God's trust, that's a better way of wording it, then the easier time I will have in trusting God. No, or I need to no, shake. You lost me. I lost you. Yeah. I don't need. He, he doesn't. No. Say, say, say. The trust is not because I do it or I don't do it. The trust is because this is who he is. Or this is what he is. Like, I'm not earning the trust. I, I would, I would like to, I would like to earn the trust. I would like to earn God's trust, and not be treated like a child that's that's trusted no matter what. And it's not only a like God would also prefer for me to earn the trust He gives in me. God will be kind to me regardless, like we learned before. But God would rather me earn it. It's more meaningful for God, and it's more meaningful for me. It's a, such a beautiful way of wording things. Like when you ask a Yid, you're going to Shul on Yom Kippur, and what, you think you're going to have a better year than the Jew that doesn't go to Shul on Yom Kippur? Right? Those who go to the Shul Yom Kippur, do they have a better year? I don't think so. The Shulman should make a study and prove it's not true. But there is a big difference. <laughs> if I go to Shul on Yom Kippur, I'm earning my year. I'm earning it, and it's so much its so much more chashuv. And if I don't go to on Yom Kippur, then God, because of God's infinite kindness, I'll still have a good year. But that's because of God, not because of me. When someone gives you something, would you rather have earned it, or do you want to receive it as a gift? I'm asking, what's the nature? This is a human question. This is nothing to do with Yiddishkeit. That's from us to God. When, I know. When someone gives you something, would you rather receive it as earned or as a gift? Okay, think about it. Because we're not talking about the person. Let's make a difference. We're going to make, we're going to bring God close to us to relate to God, even though God is infinitely greater than that, but then we can relate to God. We're making God relatable. The level of memale kolamim is a relatable God. It's all the same God, but God made himself relatable. So you're making him relatable by that that you're earning the trust well, within you? Not, not, I, I, not, not that I make him relatable. God made himself relatable. God has Chachman, God has Binan, God has feelings. God is relatable. God is relatable. He made himself relatable. He didn't begin that way. God came close to the to man. And he's relatable. And God also trusts in us. And the more I I I don't violate that trust, the easier it will be for me to trust in him. Just like between people, if I'm God forbid violating your trust, I myself will have a hard time trusting you. Because in my mind, I'm going to say, how, how dare I trust you when you cannot trust me, when I'm not trustworthy? It's a two-way street. That's the way it works. People that are, are more trustworthy are people that will have an easier time trusting. 
many people say he's giving a big insight that I can't trust God. First of all, acknowledge that. Maybe, not always, maybe, because that person is not a trustworthy person. A person who's not trustworthy, they look through the world through their lenses. Just like they know that no one should trust them, they know that they cannot trust anyone else. Always goes together. Children that are a lot more a lot more trusting is because you can trust them also. They're pure. Yeah. God made himself relatable. You use that word through the mitzvahs. No, but through, through creating the world of Atsilos. It's not that's a Kabbalah class. That's the answer. Can you put through. it in English? <laughs> Hashem is infinite and Hashem yeah, knew. How is he relatable? I'll answer. God is infinite. We don't know infinite. We know the word infinite, we don't know what infinite is. If God would only remain the way he is essentially, which is infinite, God would never be relatable. We would believe in a God, which is the Emes, we would be able to serve him, which is Emes, but we would not be able to have any type of relationship with God. Relationship is only possible when two entities have some similarities. You can't have a relationship with a stone. And if you could, that's because you are a thing and it's a thing. There has to be some point of, of equality. And Hashem, in His kindness, made Himself relatable. That's the whole Kabbalah, that Hashem put Himself in the Svitas to make Himself relatable to us. God now is relatable. Prior to creating man, God already made Himself relatable. We can actually connect to God in English. I can connect to Him, not only be in service of Him, not only believe in Him, I can actually connect to God. Wow. That's a big thing. These are big statements. Okay, let's go right. Now, so again, a person should keep the mitzvahs. Number three, another impediment. Another impediment is how the human psyche looks at cause and effect. We begin with a tremendous disadvantage. We always think that that which is closest to the effect had the most power over it. Cause and effect. That which is the closest to the effect has the greatest power over it. And the emesis is the opposite. Distant causes, subtle causes, have a lot more influence than direct causes. If people don't get that, they'll have a hard time having bitachim. Very good. Okay. Okay. Let's speak about this. Okay. You know, I'm not rushing to finish today. We can spend as many weeks as we need. Let's move on. Let me first. Let me just clarify this, and then if you want, I'll go back to that. He spent a lot of time using parnasa as an example of bitachim. And we spend a lot of time, especially in the fourth chapter, making it clear that I'm chayef to go to work. I'm chayef to act responsible for health, for everything, including for work. And then he's saying that even though I went to work and it was because of me showing up and me making an effort and me doing a good job that I'm getting my paycheck at the end of the month, but the real cause of my paycheck is God. How do you you swallow that? So he's trying to say that, that when you speak about cause and effect, there are so many layers of cause, direct cause, indirect cause, indirect, indirect cause. Which one has the greatest influence? You educate your children. 
we attempt to educate our children. And let's say that we succeeded to a certain degree to implement, to engrave in their minds and in their hearts a good midah, a good midah. To be good to the fellow, even if it's on your own cheshven. And now, real life, the kid is in the class, and there is a Danish, there is something that he wants, and the teacher is trying to get the kid to share. And without the teacher telling him, oh, you got to share, he wouldn't have shared. What it looks like is that the teacher's statement caused him to share. That's so far from the truth. It might have been the most, the closest to the effect. It might have been the loudest. The loudest is the weakest. The reason why the teacher succeeded is because there was already in the mind of the child, in the heart of the child, this midah of sharing. All the teacher needed to do was stimulate it, was awaken it. So the, the, that which is less apparent is actually a lot stronger. Subliminal messaging in the world of marketing is a lot more powerful than in-your-face marketing. Everyone gets to that. This way of wording it and another way of wording it is just a matter of time. If you don't accept that, you'll have a hard time having bitachem. Because God is causing everything to happen, but God is causing it through so many layers. And what do we see? We don't see God, we see the layer. We see something external. So prior to trying to get a better bitachan, I have to first spend some time really living with the fact that the setting has a lot more power than that which is within the setting. It's another way of wording it. Creating a setting, creating a setting, which is what... Yeah, you're running a home, you're creating a setting. If you create the right setting, you will influence your children so much stronger than directly confronting them or telling them what to do. You want to have a peaceful environment? You can either be peaceful or you create a peaceful setting. You know, there's a reason why everyone in jail is wearing a certain type of color or everyone in the hospital because they, they understand the, the koyach of a setting. Now a setting... And so if you want people to be calm, if you want people to be this, if you want people to be that, you, you change the colors. I'll give you an example. You're not even telling them what to do or what not to do. It's a, it's a, it's a subtler influence. It's a farther cause. The farther the cause, the more the impact. If something is directly telling me something to my face, since I see it clearly, I'm able to speak back to it. I can say, no, I disagree with you. If someone is talking to me and I don't even know that they're talking to me, I don't even have the choice to disagree with them. I don't even know that they're talking to me. They're going to have a lot more influence on me. God is the invisible hand in everything. And many people, if they're not mature, if they're not developed, will think, well, yeah, God is involved in everything, but it's so indirect and it's so subtle, so it has the least koach. No, it's the opposite. It's not only regarding God, it's regarding everything. That's the way of the world. The more subtle the cause, the more distant the cause, the greater the impact it has. What we do to our children for the first two years of their lives will affect them more than everything else that's going to happen later. Even though when you're 40 or when you're 30, everyone is younger, when you're 20, you're much, and you heard something today, that statement, that idea that excited you was closer to your actions of today. It's closer. It's more conscious. It looks bigger, it's weaker. That which you heard when you were one year old will have a much bigger kayak on what your choice today. 
You're looking at me around it. I love it. No. It's good. It's these, these are rules of life. He's just he, he, he's and he's saying that if people don't understand this, they're gonna have a hard time with bitachon. Also, this makes a lot of sense because because at the end of the day, there are so many external factors that seem to be the cause that are affecting everything, and it's a truth. There's a truth to it. So you have today in America in 1922 20, an anti-Semite who made anti-Semitism cool. It's a new phenomenon. So is he the cause of it in, in an external way? Yes. But, 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 but the more external, the weaker it is. Problem is, is that there was, there's already anti-Semitism. That's the issue. All he did was that he aroused it a little bit. He made it acceptable or more acceptable. But you don't have to deal with 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 whatever his. I don't want to mention his name. He's not the problem. He looks he looks like the problem, but there's something much deeper. If you're not gonna, and the deeper is always less visible. It's always quieter. The more subtle, the more power. So the, the reason is God for this. Oh, Well, yes. But let me go back. In other words, once once you acknowledge that it's going to be easier to have bitachin because this, the most silent, the most subtle, the least visible is God. And that's the God's advantage. God would appear, he would become weaker, not stronger. So he's more in the world. He's more play. in the world. Very good. But it's, these are good rules in life. These are rules of life. For that, you need to have have like Tony Robbins can make twenty seminars on that. I'm saying this is not Shada. He's just telling that that the, if you don't if you don't know this, you're gonna get tripped up somewhere in Bitachin. When you see, come on, it was my going to work and I made the sale. It's God's doing. Of course, it's God's doing. Because all we do is we make noise. We are good in that. Subtle is harder, and the ultimate subtle is God. Koil de Mama Daka. That's what it says. That God communicates through a silent voice. How beautiful is that? Yeah, you wanted to ask something? I'm just going to say, like, so he's subtle, but he's also powerful. He's, like, close, but he's also far. Like, isn't he all of those things? Like, why do they just understand him as being... I want to answer that question because because since I'm chayiv to act responsibly, chapter four, and there are certain effects, there are certain things that I would like to happen, so I'm going to work and I'm going to get other people to work for it and I will see a correlation between the investment, the work and the success. I'm going to see that. I'm going to see that the less I work, the less, the more I work, if my store is open five times a week, I'm gonna. Most people will see it that way. All of the, all of, all of this will create the challenge to the emes of bitachin, which is saying no, which is saying it makes no difference whether you'll work or not. The moment, the moment we begin with the premise, yeah, there are many, there are many causes, many layers of causes. Like I went to work, but for that I needed to be healthy. No, so then it was my doing exercise, eating healthy, that made me healthy, that gave me the energy. There was me getting educated. Everything has many, many causes. And I'm gonna word it as stronger, more visible, less visible. As a rule, not God related, the less visible is the more powerful. Once I understand that it's going to be easier for me to to come to the emis, that the most powerful source of everything is God. 
And only to him I'll give over my trust because he has the most power. Ultimately, he has the only power. What you're saying is emes, but the moment you're saying that God is also the external, but what about my efforts? Here, the, prob- the problem with bitachon or the challenge with bitachon is, is that I have to make effort. So I have to tell myself I'm making effort. My effort is like the loud voice. And the outcome came a lot less from the loud voice. It came a lot more from that which is not loud. But my efforts are only because God commanded me to do that. Correct. I'm also responsible for my efforts. Correct. So if the outer cause is going to take prominence, then I'm going to give some credit to God and more credit to me. See, it's not a black and white bitachin. The more I appreciate that the quieter, the more powerful, it's going to shift the balance of power. It's going to be easier for me to get to the ultimate, which is, well, you're saying that everything is God. The inner is God and the outer, it's hard to get there. It's much easier to get. No, there's, I'm doing things. There's like a, a visible cause and then there's the unvisible cause. Good. Know that in life, the unvisible is a lot more powerful than the visible. The way a good psychologist today will help a lot of people get better in many issues is that the, the, un, the, the unconscious voice has a lot more power than the conscious voice because if it's conscience, I can talk to it. And I can tell you, I hear what you're saying, but I disagree with you. If I don't even hear it, it has a lot of power over me. Everything that's just a fact in life. Okay, so that's the, 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 the final third point, that if we get all of these, then we'll have a much easier time getting more and more bitachin. Now, so you wanted to go back to something before? I'm just a little bit, um, I'm a little bit confused about um, Hashem. I'm confused. Let me get it together. Okay. You know what? That's a good, I just want to say, that's that's the first step. That's what I began, because if we don't think about God, we're not confused about God because we're not thinking. And everyone that thinks about God gets confused. And that's a that's a compliment. That's a good thing. And then Amram wrote a book, A Guide for the for the Confused. Yeah, good, good. In other words, if we're not going to spend time thinking about God, he's saying that ultimately, how can we have bitachin if we're not familiar with God? Now, can we really, really, really be familiar with God? Of course not. But you know what? We could get a lot more familiar than without making any effort. So we'll get familiar and then we'll realize, ooh, I'm only familiar with this level, but really God is greater and, and that is beyond me. There's always going to be the beyond, but we have to know what we could before we get to the beyond. Then it's almost as though we think we have any effect on anything, but we do have effect. No, we have effect. I'm sure we have effect. I know, but it's a little bit confusing because, like, really, like, what we're talking about is it's all a gift anyway. Not, not, not my moral choices. No, bitachin is never to be used. That's what we learned in chapter four. Bitachin is not is abused when I apply it to my service of God, to my choices. The outcome of my choices, I have bitachin, it's from God. Mm-hmm. My choices, God gave me the freedom. It's matter will not be meaningful. Is there a correlation between our, our choices and our actions and the way we live and things that happen? Yeah, clearly there is a correlation, right? Shara bitachin is, is premised a lot that independent of what we choose, independent, God is always going to be kind to us. So I can be calm that today I'll have a great day even though I know that yesterday I could have been a lot better. 
and yesterday I made a couple of big mistakes. God is going to give me a good day, so I can be calm for today. Right, he gives a calm day anyway. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. It's almost like if you go into like an OCD thing of I didn't do this right, maybe it wasn't quite. No, no, no. That's again, Shabbat Bittachon really disengages us from that from the beginning. We had it in the introduction. No, it's how can I have Bittachon that my day will be good? How can I be calm when I'm not worthy of it? Right, exactly. So the answer is I'm talking not worthy. I should be humbler, a lot humbler. But God, God is good to me regardless. So do we need to start nitpicking on the farthest thing, the correlation of why this is happening, what the root cause is of... No, no, that's not good. Not no, no, not at all. No, not at all. Okay, that's what not at all, not at all. My choices, are my, I, I'm responsible to make the right choices. Mm-hmm. But the reliability that I can have in God is regardless. Now, he, we just said before, if I'm constantly violating God's trust, it's going to be hard for me to trust him. It's going to be hard for me to feel it. I'm talking about a feeling, not on a belief. It's so easy to believe. You tell a person a liner, and they say, okay, that makes sense. Now I believe in it. But it didn't go into their hearts. Vitachin is not a belief. It's a feeling. And we want to get there. I want to really be calm. How do I have Vitachin in my heart? So one of the things he said is, be reliable to God. Then you'll be able to rely more on God. So difficult to violate God's trust. And they rely on him. It's almost impossible. You can't just, we're going to get stuck somewhere. But not because of God, because of us. Because of us. Okay. So all this is in the negative. So all we just ruled out that if you address whatever we said in the first 35 minutes, you'll have less things in the way of Bitachin. Doesn't mean you're going to have Bitachin. So what he does beautifully, in page 241 over here, he shows us how every person goes through life trusting and there is an evolution and the more aware we are of this evolution the easier it will be for us to get to the ultimate evolution to what evolution in what we trust in even a child that's one day old instinctively trusts his mother we'll begin with that he knows he's come Child knows they're going to cry, the mother will give them milk. Is it possible that the child's trust will be broken? Yeah, but I'm saying, but that's a natural thing. And that trust, he describes how the trust of a child begins to grow. The fact that a baby cries, though, does that mean he doesn't have trust? No, it means that he's trying to get his mom's attention. He knows that if his mother will know he needs milk, his mother will give him milk. If a mother will know that they need it before crying, they'll give it before crying. We don't know. It's his way of communication. Huh? Wait, 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 wait. So let's go. So let's go over here. So page 241. So the progress of trust. The rule will be that there are many levels to trust. Let's go to number one, 242. I'm going to read some and skip some. Let's see, let's see if we can go. Number one is Hayelet Bitchilas Inyanai, a child, an infant, is born with full trust Al Shade Imoy on his mother's bosom. And he quotes verses. That's step number one. But it begins to trust a specific thing that my, my mother will give me food. A child grows from there. And the next thing the child understands in number 243 in number two is that he doesn't only trust that his mother will give him milk. He puts his trust in his mother because he begins to hop that the mother doesn't only give him milk. 
anything he needs that the mother is able to, the mother will give him. He begins to realize that he can trust more than just the milk. Then number three, this is again, this is a, it's an example. Number three is, is that if he's living in a home where whenever his mother needs something, she goes to the father, I'm going that as a premise. So at some point he puts his trust in his mother, but when he sees that his mother is trusting the husband, the father, to provide whatever is needed, which ultimately will be given to him. So then he expands his trust to his father. Even though the father is not direct. In a child, the mother is direct. In this model, don't get nervous. If you want to make another model, as long as a man marries a, a woman and they're Jewish, you're good already today. <laughs> but I'm saying, in, in, he's giving him a shalom that there's many layers of... So it's not that he loses his security in his mother. But he begins to see that I, I have to trust the cause of the cause. Shouldn't only trust the mother's milk. I trust my mother. It's 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 the cause of the cause. He still needs the milk. I trust my father. And he takes a trust if no one breaks that trust. And number four, then he begins to understand that um, that God gave him strength. There's certain things that he can do for himself. He begins to rely on himself, which is a good thing. In the beginning, they're helpless. Then he begins to have bitachin in himself, which is an um, important step. Like trust, like what is it? Trust your body, which is an amazing thing. The body is encountering all these illnesses every day. God gave the body a power that it can overcome it. Halavai always. So you begin to, to trust more in your own ability. That's number four. Like the mother, the mother's milk, the mother, the father, yourself. Then number five, getting older, you have to make a living. And you trust on the people on whom, through whom you're getting your living. Trusting. You have a boss, you're trusting that they're not going to fire you. Trust. Number six, you begin to understand that if you're trusting your boss, trust on the boss of your boss. Trust on God. Now you extend it further. Doesn't take away the fact that, yeah, the Parnas is coming through the boss. Through your work, you're relying on yourself, you're relying on the boss, you're, you're already, you're expanding it. You're going to like the Siba of the Siba, to the cause of the cause. And as we said before, the cause of the cause is the most powerful, it's more powerful. So you trust there more. Number seven. So in the beginning, you're trusting on God for those things that are out of your control. I think that's what most people are in six. They trust themselves. They trust God in those areas where they cannot rely on themselves. If I can rely on me, I'm relying on me. But in Libredo. So I have to rely on my boss. I have to rely on God. Now what about when you see that it's your doing and still to acknowledge it's my doing, it's my koyach, but I have to trust on God as well. Because my doing is my doing. My health is my health. God, just like that, can take away my health. It takes more time to get there. Because you don't only trust in God in those areas where you don't see a cause. Even where you see a cause, my koyach, I still trust in God. Because, like you were saying, my, who's what's my koyach? My, the outer is also God. That's another level. It's a deeper level. When a person reaches that level, 
when a person reaches number seven, that will be the person that, for example, will not get engaged in the job if it's very difficult for him to do. Because even though here I have an opportunity, God is anyways giving me parnosa. Even if I take this opportunity, I might as well take an opportunity that is easier. He spoke a lot before about people trying to make a living by not traveling that much. Why do you have to travel? But God is only over there. God is here also. There's a balance in that. Sometimes you tell a person, listen, that's your keli. You have your jobless here. You have a job over there. Go travel. It's to do with bitachin. The more people have bitachin, the more it will influence the way they make choices. The more I'm relying on God, even in the areas where I see a cause to rely on me, if I reach that level, I'm already going to be more picky in what I'll be doing for a living. Because I'm sure that God will provide a parnasa in an easier way. <coughs> number eight, he writes... reading his words. If his understanding of God develops further, he will rely on him even for matters regarding which he can possibly help himself through his own efforts. For example, if he can possibly obtain a substance through dangerous means or with strenuous work that tires out his body, he will not engage in those means due to his trust in God that he will sustain him through easier means. End of quote. Number eight... He says, if his understanding of God develops even further, he will turn to rely on him regarding all the means, both the difficult as well as the easy. In other words, a person will reach a point that everything that he's doing is all in his mind or in her mind going to be considered part of serving Hashem. Such a person will never experience a conflict if it's between a mitzvah or making a living. It's not shy for, for there to be such a conflict. In other words, the reliance, the stronger one relies on God, the less there is anything else in my life other than God. Nothing will contradict doing a mitzvah. How much danger can you put yourself to make a living? These things are, are areas that in halacha it's not clear. Sometimes you can argue that you have to make a living. You have to make a living. Remember when COVID came out and people did not know what it is? So they closed the shuls down. People asked the Shaila, how can they close the shuls down and leave the businesses open? If you have to be so careful that you can't gather together to Davins, how can you gather together to make a living? How are you allowed to take an airplane living? Halachically, that's not a valid question. Halachically, you can argue that making a living is an obligation. Davening every day is an obligation. Davening with a minion is a rabbinic obligation. So if there's more, if there's danger involved to make a living, can a person halachically earn a living by doing something dangerous? The answer is yeah. Halachically, you're allowed to do it. If a person were to have more bitachan, they would not do it. See, it's, it has to do with bitachan. It's not a, a black and white question. The higher levels of bitachan, the more picky you are allowed to be when it comes to choosing a livelihood. It's not, it won't be considered irresponsible. Not working will be irresponsible. But you can be more picky. And whenever there's the most minute challenge with the keeping of mitzvahs, the more bitachin you have, it won't make sense for you to cut corners in the mitzvahs to make a living. It just won't work. With less bitachin, then even in the taita, there'll be areas. Like, you know, a person is picking fruit off the tree, there's halachas. When you're benching, you can bench only some of it. You can get stay on the tree, get off the tree. Sometimes you don't have to daven because you're traveling and you're not the, you know, 
more bitachin, the more the keeping of the mitzvahs will take precedent. Number nine, if his understanding of God develops even further, he'll understand the great compassion that the Creator has for his creations. And he will willfully consent with his heart and mind to all that God has decreed for him. He will rejoice with everything that God has done to him. Wow. How great is that? In other words, a person who reaches even the greater level of bitachin, he writes a beautiful statement. He writes that he met, he met the author, met a person who he considered to have bitachin. And that person told him, I never woke up in the morning wanting something other than what I have right now. Now, one second, let me clarify. It doesn't mean that this person didn't want to better his or her circumstances. That's for the future. I'm talking about the present. Big difference. If you wake up in the morning and there's something that's not well, the child is sick, you're high if to go to the doctor. But when you wake up in the morning, do you say, I wish my kid just woke up well. Like, oh my God, he woke up with fever. No. If a person will have very, very high level of bitachin, they'll accept reality as this is what God wanted for them. It's good somehow. Doesn't mean that some things I have to make an effort to change. I have to. It's not a, it doesn't even say this. It's not a theater. But imagine waking up in the morning and being really at peace with all of your life circumstances. Wow. Because the emesis is that God custom made it for me. Something that to me, to me appears not to be ideal. Let me try to change it. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm not coming from a place of anguish. This is a person that they're not going to be crying with tears. They take away a tzara. They don't see the tzara. They don't see the tzara. They'll have, te- they'll have tears of gratitude. They'll have tears of gratitude. And again, if something has to be changed, they'll tell you, listen, I love what you gave me. From my understanding, things should be different. I'll make my effort to make it better. That's chapter four. You have to be careful. He's not saying not to make an effort to change reality. Reality should, should be changed for the better from our understanding. But are you beginning from anguish? Or are you beginning from things are great? Again, those those nudniks, those, it makes everyone nervous that they talk, everything is great. They come in and show every morning, good morning, everything is great. Some people are faking it or they're trying to shout it to themselves. Some people are there. It's very, uh, it's almost irritating because you're like you're looking at a perfect person. Every day, everything is great. If a person has real bitachin, they'll get there somehow. Every day, everything is, they wake up in the morning. No one, uh, you wake up in the morning and you are fully grateful for all of the circumstances that you have. It's good to hear this and to be humbled. Unless you are on that level, then Gavaldic. Again, it doesn't mean that if things, according to your understanding, have to get better, it doesn't mean for you to stop making the effort. Make all the effort. Make the same effort. But you're not coming from the same place. Oh my God, things are terrible. I got to fix it. You don't have to fix. Things are amazing. And now God try to make it better. But you know what? If things are amazing and you can't make it better, you'll have a much easier time accepting it because to begin with, it wasn't that bad. It's good. Wow. And number 10, I want to read his words. Number 10 on page 248. When one's understanding of Hashem develops even further and the person will realize the purpose of his creation 
and of his entrance into this fleeting world. And the person will recognize the greatness of the world to come, which is eternal. He will despise this world and all of the worldly means through which a person obtains its pleasures. He or her, she, will give oneself over to Hashem. May he be blessed with all his thought, his soul and body. You know, we learn a lot of Hasidus and we learn about that the ultimate purpose is in this world. It doesn't contradict anything that we're saying over here. The question is, does this world have any value for itself? Without the deepest level of Yitachim, yeah, it's a beautiful world. Is the next world more beautiful? Could be. But there's some Hashivus. The greater Yitachim a person has in God, the easier it is to understand that this world without God without meaning, when it's just Gashmias, for Gashmias, becomes meaningless. That's not going to be a, a, a dry person. They're going to imbue in everything in the world a lot of meaning. When you use something physical for a mitzvah, it becomes the most precious thing in the world. I got this, I got this. I think I got this, I got this. No, I don't have it. Did it. Okay, okay, I learned this from the other class. Okay. It's amazing how he writes, this is the 10th level, which means this is the hardest place to get. It's the hardest place to get in Emes because there are many beautiful things in this world. And to see beauty only in God, and therefore, again, anything that's connected to Hashem, anything that's being used for a divine purpose is the most beautiful thing in the world because of the godliness in it. That's not the way we see the world. You see, the world the world is amazing, and I'm using it for God, which is even good, good for you, good for me. This is a very high level of a person living with God and making sure that everything in my life and in my surroundings is, is constantly connected to God, and my value system is, is it connected? It's valuable. If it's not yet connected, it doesn't yet have value. Such a person doesn't have a Yetzirah anymore. Such a person is not distracted by anything. That's like a tzaddik of the time. It's a whole different type of, but he writes, everyone can get them. But you have to go through the steps. He was talking about it in a negative way, right? No, this is in the, no, this is in the positive way. In other words, he's concluding by saying that that we should become more aware of our trust. Let's begin with that. I think that's a good way of wording this. Recapping, I have to acknowledge. Some people say I'm not a trusting person. Could be, but you still trust. When you were born, you trusted in your mother's milk. You really trust it. A child has come. A child does not wake up anxious. It's a beautiful thing. A child knows that I'm, I'm my, my mom. And if they have a normal father, then at some point they begin to feel I'm good. I have a father. I have a mother. I have a good boss. These are good feelings. In other words, um, use the trust that you experienced in your life as I want to have that with God. It becomes less theoretical. It becomes more real to me. That's a good way of wording it. So go back to that thing in your life that you really felt calm about. And work on yourself to understand that this is really God's gift and God's benevolence and God's giving. So just apply that to God and then it broadens because God is a lot more able than the mother and then the father as great as one's parents could be. God is almighty. God is everywhere. God is always So when you begin by focusing on what you have and you do work 
to understand that God is the cause of the cause and the cause, and the more you understand that the quieter cause, the more distant of a cause, the more powerful it is, the easier it will be for a person to completely be reliant on God. And that's going to ultimately, ultimately, on a higher level, manifest in people making different life choices, even when the choices are not between mitzvah or sin. Like what type of livelihood should you pursue? More dangerous, less dangerous. Can I find a heter to sell my store for Shabbos? Which I could. I'm not going to do that. From a good place. That can come from a higher level of bitachim. Person who mamish experience really knows that everything that everything that I have in my life right now is good. Everything. I'm going to do my best to make it better. That's a beautiful way how to live. I'm always trying to make my life better, but I'm never anguished. And ultimately completely seeing through the, the shell of Gashmi and seeing how all of the Gashmi, that's the inner and the outer, is really just a vehicle for God. It's a very high level that. Yeah. But in order to reach that level also, you really have to tap into the unconscious. For sure, for sure. That's really where it starts from because the minute you have real inner peace, that's when you can transcend and really connect to God and have complete trust. Mm-hmm. Let me say what you're saying in different words. I think I'm saying the same thing now. For people who practice meditation, I'm not going into whether it's a... When you get to a certain place, you always have inner peace. There, there is, it's amazing. There is a certain deep place within all of us. It's amazing that you can never take anxiety there. Whoever, whoever knows how to get into alpha mode or how any, any way you want to word it, you're going to be calm there. In other words, it, you're saying it, it's beautiful. Take that which you experienced already as peaceful. That will be a good beginning point. That's what I want to get in vis-a-vis God. And every person, like some people have to learn more about God. Some people have to learn more how to get into that state of being calm. Some people have to remember how they trusted their mother. Everyone has their own derech. But very good. In other words, he's concluding by telling you, try to bring to your consciousness a feeling of bitachan. A healthy, not the, everything he said now was healthy. A child having bitachin and the mother is beautiful. It's not the ultimate, but it's beautiful. And then realize through through thinking and through feeling how ultimately it's all Hashem. And this will give us a path of life that's so much more beautiful and calm than the path that people are without all of this work. Now, certain mitzvahs we do, we don't see the benefit. And we're not saying to do this for the benefit. God forbid. We're doing it. God wants us to have bitachim. But, you know, some mitzvahs, when you do it properly, even Shabbos. Shabbos, I think, can go both ways. Some people know how to keep Shabbos. But if they don't make an effort, you ask a teenager, do you like Shabbos? Not everyone is going to, if they're honest, they'll say, no, it's difficult. I'm bored. I can't do this. I can't do that. I feel trapped. I think bitachim is a mitzvah that if you have bitachim, for everyone, it's going to be a beautiful mitzvah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not everything has to be difficult. I think that's also one attraction. Like, God gave me some, some mitzvahs. I'm going to do it no, no matter what. But this is a mitzvah that everyone, even out of the mitzvah context, people want this calm, especially in the world today. It's like a like a thing. So if my calm comes from something gashmi, it's going to be limited. Like the gift we give to our kids, the beauty with God, God is everywhere. Once we can somehow, for ourselves, get better, and only then, I think, can we properly inspire our children and the people around us, it's the biggest gift of life. Even Shalai Lushma. You know, the Fidi Kerebe was a Chavriman as a child. 
he was a, he was in a good way, but he was a, when need be, he, he made trouble. The Friedrich Rebbe got arrested in Russia, I think when he was eight years old. The evil of that government. Can you imagine a race arresting? And they, the story where he writes, he writes that he saw a tax collector wrongfully trying to take a goat from a Jewish merchant from a Jew, in the marketplace. He was going up to Shul and he knew that that vendor didn't know it. He knew he was accused and the Friedrich Rebbe knew that that Yid needed it. Like it, he wasn't a guy that was an American Jew that, you know, no one should lose money. But if you lost a hundred dollars, so you're not going to die. This guy needed it. He, he went nuts and he hit the police officer in Russia. This is in Tsarist Russia. They arrested him and they threw him into a jail. What jail? They threw him into a cell that had no windows. It was pitch dark. He describes, he, he, he's so beautiful. He describes, you see, you can relate to him. He writes the terror that he felt. Right? A tzaddik will write something else. He's writing, he was eight years old, and he was, and to make things worse, the goat that they were fighting about, they also took, and they tied up the legs and hands, and they put it in the same cell for him to be afraid of the sounds. They, they were trying to terrify, so you're locked. We should not know. It happens sometimes that kids get locked in a closet. It happened to me, I, you know, I'm not going to forget it. It's a terror. At least there, you know, it was an accident. You're just hoping for someone to find you. He, mamish, adults took him and they arrested him and they tied him. And the way he described the eight-year-old, how he, 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 his father always wanted for him to learn Mishnayis by heart. And he made him learn Mishnayis by heart. So he's, thinking, he's sitting in the cell and he's thinking, now, now that I have Mishnayis by heart, let me focus on the Mishnayis. He understood. He has to take his focus away from the terror and he began to review the Mishnahis by heart. And he describes what happened inwards to him, how the terror slowly went away. And not only was he focused on the Mishnahis, but he began to feel connected to God from the Mishnahis. And then he began to feel the embrace of God. It's a beautiful eight-year-old. He wrote it down for us to understand that. No, it's we all have moments of, oh my God, what's going to happen? Even though we say, oh my God. But if we would talk, I have a my God, we wouldn't have say, oh my God. It's like almost a funny expression. And we are able to work on ourselves. And he put himself to a common tucker when his father, when he was finally freed, his father told him that this is the difference between man and a goat. That both of you were bound. Both of you were locked in a cell. But the goat did not know Mishnah's Balfair. <laughs> in other words, the goat also experienced terror. He wanted his son, the, the, the Fidik Rebbe was very compassionate to animals, which is a very important midah. Either we have it, halavai, which should be that way, and if, God forbid, a child is cruel towards animals, it's something that should be addressed. Very important. It's a big step of being normal, of having a lot of rahmanas on animals. So so he says, both of you are terrified. But God gave us the Yidin Mishnais. And look, and remember what happened, because he describes how he felt Hashem with him. He did it through Mishnais. I'm not saying that if you don't have Mishnais, you can't have that. You can have that. But it's just, it's a beautiful Pasha, this is a down-to-earth. Bitochan has to be made down-to-earth. I think we have to find those things in life that make us the most anxious. Pick one thing to make it real. We're not on number 10 yet. Most people are out there. I can try to, try to tap into calm. And because of God's omnipresence, which is Emes, and because God is the cause of everything, which is Emes, we should, I think, this pocket in life and that pocket in life and that area in life, Try to bring that peace, try to bring that talking there and go from there.
And halavai, one day we'll have a much greater, more beautiful level of bitachin, a big mazel tov for everyone. Amen. I think this is a topic that has to be relearned the whole time. And the Mirza Hashem, our group will move on to another topic.